0: Center for Parent Youth Understanding and the CPYU Podcast
1: Network, you're listening to The Word in Youth Ministry, a podcast by youth workers
0: for youth workers where we give insights, strategies, and helps for effectively teaching God's Word to our students.
2: Here we are on episode 38 of The Word in Youth Ministry. My name is Kyle, and I'm here as usual with my friends Matt and Linda. And today we're thinking about what it looks like to practically teach the Bible to our students, which uh, is probably no surprise to you if you're listening to this podcast, because our name is The Word in Youth Ministry. But about every other episode or so, we like to just think about Um, what it looks like to teach, uh, to practically teach a section of scripture to students. And today we're going to focus in in the book of Exodus, we're going to focus on teaching the Ten Commandments. But I thought it was appropriate before we dive in, just to think about what each of us are currently teaching um, our people at our church in the different capacities that God has us in our churches. Uh, So Linda, what are you you currently teaching people at your church?
0: Yeah, I think we mentioned in a a recent episode that our Sunday school program is going through first through third john right now and then we also have small groups for middle school and high school so the middle school um is going through a curriculum that's called what's up discovering the gospel of jesus and who you really are um we take that and it allows you to adapt it uh depending on the length of time that you have so we kind of took it and adapted it to um, the amount of time we have so it'll take us both semesters, but that really just looks at applying the gospel to things that middle schoolers are really going through and communicating it in a way that makes a ton of sense to them. And then our high school students are using a book that Rooted Ministry put out called The Jesus I Wish I Knew in High School. Um, And so that again is just looking at the gospel and Jesus and how does he relate to things that we are going through in high school. So our middle school and high school students are getting um, different curriculums, but they've really kind of got this same focus of let's start with what you're really going through in your stage of life right now. What does Jesus have to say about that? What does the gospel have to say about that? And they're making for some really good discussions with our students.
2: Yeah, which brings up an interesting point. And we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, episode 37 thinking of scope and sequence of our youth ministry calendar. And what we're teaching is that curriculum is helpful, but also uh, books are helpful to teach through. That we can, uh, if you're not using a curriculum, another thing is there are pastors that have written books. A lot of times these books have come, in for, have come from sermon series that they have preached through, and these can act as good foundations to use. I, I recently bought a few episodes of that book uh, that the Rooted crew put out on the Jesus I Never Knew in High School, and just uh, am planning on using that with some students. Uh, Matt, what are you currently teaching in the Bible?
3: Yeah, we're, we're going through Ephesians right now, and we're entitling it, or we've entitled the series, The Mystery of the Church, um, and so one of the big themes of Ephesians is just looking at how, uh, hey, God has a plan for this world, and it's called the church, and, and that's we just went through um, Ephesians 2, 11 through 22 last Sunday, and one of the, the beautiful things that that talks about is the reconciliation between Jews and Gentiles, between insiders and outsiders, or to translate that to modern times, the coming together of two groups or more that hate each other uh, naturally, but are now made one in Christ. And uh, so that's really exciting, just kind of reconciliation that God brings us through in the body of Christ. And then this, this Sunday, we'll talk about how we do that practically. Paul is a minister to, or an apostle sent to the Gentiles to bring about that reconciliation in the church. And It's put them in prison, and so just that it's a costly thing to do to uh, see the church come together, reconciled, not just to the Lord, but also to one another because of the Lord.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and here at my church where I serve, we are currently on Wednesday nights uh, teaching the Ten Commandments, which is where this episode uh, originated from, and as we talked about, like I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, if you plan uh, your teaching schedule— Based on four years, uh, I taught this to students uh, five years ago when the current students were in middle school. And now that they're in high school, I'm able to teach it again. And uh, it's just a helpful thing to do because, one, uh, you hopefully get better at teaching the Bible uh, the more times you teach that specific text. And so uh, I'm excited to be in the Ten Commandments again. Uh, We are currently um, yeah, in our second week of youth ministry as we record this for the fall And uh, we'll be starting with commandment number one uh, Wednesday night, which is tomorrow night from when we're recording this. Uh, So as we think about this teaching the Ten Commandments, Matt, can you just start us out uh, giving our listeners and Linda and and myself just a little uh, fly overview of how the Ten Commandments fits into the Bible story as a whole? I know you could probably spend seven, eight, nine, ten episodes (laughs) on this, but just give us just uh, the 10,000 foot view how the Ten Commandments fits into the Bible as a whole.
3: 10,000 feet. Okay, deal. Um, So God made us to reflect him in his image. We are people who already have the law written on our hearts. So implicitly, we know that there's a right and a wrong way to live. Romans 2 tells us that. That's Paul saying that we have the law written on our hearts. Um, And yet we break God's commandments right at the very beginning. And so God then goes about to redeem a people for himself. We pick up the story in Exodus, where he has this people And he then saves them through his mighty deeds from slavery in Egypt. He brings them out, and then they go wander in the wilderness for a little bit and brings them to a mountain called Mount Sinai and goes up on that mountain. And God says, okay, like, I have just redeemed you. Let me give you 10 words, 10 ways of living your best life, (laughs) your best life now. Um, And uh, so then he codifies what we really already kind of know but makes explicit what is already implicit in our in our hearts and our lives by these Ten Commandments. Um, And then those Ten Commandments, unfortunately, we break them all the time. And so he then goes about the rest of Exodus to talk about how he's going to restore right relation to us, even when we break them, because the very first thing they do after they get these Ten Commandments is uh, they create a golden calf and break the first one.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is a helpful overview and just such a picture of the human heart by God giving his law. And uh, Moses comes down and and they're worshiping a golden calf, which is just such an image of how the heart can wander so quickly. Uh, so, Matt, thank you for that. And so, Linda, as we think about the Ten Commandments, why would you consider teaching the Ten Commandments or for our listeners, why would you recommend they teach the Ten Commandments, or just I think generally we think um just sections of scripture. Why should we teach the law to our students?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you think of the law, that's such a broad category, and there are so many laws in the old testament. Um, and many of them may feel irrelevant to their lo- to our lives now. Um, and part of that is because Jesus fulfilled a lot of what the old testament required of us. But when it comes to the Ten Commandments, these have a staying power. Um, we refer to them as the moral law, and you see them carried over into the New Testament. Um, there can be some debate about one of them. But um, like if we want to get down to the basics of what kind of life does God call us to, these Ten Commandments give us a really good picture of what that looks like.
2: And Linda, I, I like how you uh, brought that up and just even used the word staying power, uh, because as we think about the Ten Commandments, uh, I like to just think about a circle um, with just um, and then just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. How like the Ten Commandments, as Matt just explained, fits into the book of Exodus and then fits into the Old, Te- Old Testament then fits into the all 66 books of the Bible and then and then reaches out to today and church history is in there somewhere, too. Um, But when we think about the Ten Commandments, uh, a lot of people in our culture know the Ten Commandments, or at least know something about the Ten Commandments. But I think one reason I would say why we should teach it in our youth ministry settings is a lot of students don't understand how they fit into the Bible as a whole. And if they don't know how they fit into the Bible as a whole, then they're going to have a disconnect on how they fit into the culture as a whole. Because I just think about you know, I for some reason I have the picture of like a country church in my mind. That's like a little church, or driving down a country road, and you just see like this little like plaque of the Ten Commandments sitting outside, or or maybe in a courthouse um, today, less common than before, but like might have the Ten Commandments literally like plastered on the wall. Um, but the Ten Commandments is not just something to be remembered. The Ten Commandments, as you said, is something that we need um, to, by God's grace, um, are guide rails that God has given us to follow in our lives, because God knew what would be best for his people. And I just think so often, and we've probably talked about this on this podcast before, but I think for students today, at least for my students, um, it can just be so common to think that the laws that God gave us are just something that God did in order to make us disgruntled or to make us angry but God didn't give us the law, like God knew what he was doing when he said, do not murder. God knew what he was doing when he um, made lying forbidden, because he knew that if we were going to follow his commandments, it would, as Matt mentioned earlier, uh, you know, be the best life for us to live. And so um, an answer on why we should teach it to our students uh, would be that we want our students to be able to connect the Bible together and connect the Bible to our lives. And the Ten Commandments, because it's so socially known on what the Ten Commandments are, um, we might as well teach it in our youth ministry um, settings. And so, uh, Matt, I want to come back to you just to build even a little more on what you said earlier. And when we think about the Ten Commandments being in, um, in Exodus 20 and and uh, what happened when Moses came down off the mountain, and and they were worshiping a golden calf. Can you kind of c- help um, our listeners, and maybe even me as I'm teaching this now to our students, connect this to uh, the New Testament, and to the Sermon on the Mount, and kind of like, can you just help us make this connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament, Matt?
3: Yeah, um, let's see how, where to start. When Jesus came at on the Sermon on the Mount, and started, you know, his his big sermon on the Mount. There's a couple of really important things there. One is he goes up to a mountain, and uh, and Matthew wants to show us that that there here Jesus is being shown as a new Moses kind of thing, and this is this is very clear in other books of the Bible too, um, you know, particularly the prologue to John's Gospel. But and Jesus goes uh, goes and starts speaking about basically. I, he doesn't basically say, he says this, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. I haven't come to abrogate them. I haven't come to get gotten get rid of them. I've come to fulfill them. So that fulfillment, um, there's a couple of aspects to that. One is he keeps the law perfectly. So that's one way he fulfills them. The second way is he imbues them with their um, their full sense. So if you think about it, the gospel ethic actually takes the law and deepens it. Like, It's not just that we shouldn't commit adultery. It's that we shouldn't do anything that heads towards adultery, lust. So he deepens it in terms of our law-breaking, but he also deepens it in terms of our our law-keeping. So if someone steals your tunic or takes your tunic, don't just not get mad at them. Don't just not hit them, but give them your cloak also. And I think it's the other way around. If they take your cloak, give them your tunic also. So it's not just that he, like, that he you know, wants to head the, the headwaters of what we do bad off in the Sermon on the Mount. He also wants to show us the law actually has this purpose. The gospel even is – it requires even more of us than the law. It's not don't just not strike back. It's do even more because I have done so much more for you.
2: And Matt, as you think about, and then I, I want to ask Linda a similar question, as you think about teaching that to your students, so the Ten Commandments or the law and then connecting it to the New Testament and the Gospel, have you found any like any pushback that students have given or any hurdles? that students or I guess people in general have given to make that connection because I don't think that's a connection that naturally comes or maybe a better way to say it is I think that takes time to make that connection well so would you have any tips for our listeners to help um our our uh yeah just to help our listeners and me teach this better to our students
3: yeah I mean so Paul says love is the fulfilling of the law. So it means everything that we, whenever we fulfill the law, we are loving someone. Whenever we love someone, we always do that according to the guardrails of the law. But we have about 400 years of built up history where where Luther probably overplayed the antithesis between the law and the gospel. So he really, really played up the fact that the law kills, but the gospel brings life. In a way, and I don't think it was really Luther's fault, but it's probably the rest of us who followed Luther and really just kind of distilled his teachings down to that, that that he created a very strong antithesis between law and gospel that's really not in the text. Yes, the law shows us um, that we're sinners and we need grace, but grace and particularly the Holy Spirit, his main job is to write the law of God on our hearts. So he, he actually, in, not his main job, I mean, one of his jobs. I mean, he connects us to, to the Lord and stuff like that. But he writes the law of God on our hearts. And so what, what he's actually doing is he's, he is internalizing something. He makes us delight in the law, love the law, get excited about fulfilling the commandments of the law. So unfortunately, in, our, in American Christianity particularly, we have a, we have a sad antithesis that comes from a misunderstood Lutheran view. Um, that makes it hard to help our students see, no, 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 the law is actually really awesome and good for you because the spirit is who writes that law in our hearts and and helps us to live according to how we were made. And this ties into something
2: we talked about in the previous episode of teaching a scope and sequence. And I I know this is like the third time that I've mentioned this, but it's helpful, I think, as we think about just what we're actually teaching our students, because without a proper understanding of the Trinity of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, Uh, We can't even make sense of what you've just said, that it's the Spirit who helps us or who would, um, some might say, applies God's word or God's law to our hearts. And so this is why just teaching the Bible and teaching theology over time to students can be helpful because uh, you might be teaching one uh, theological topic, and then later on when you're teaching something else, they're learning how to apply that theological topic to the specific text uh, that they are learning. Uh, And so, Linda, as we just continue to think about teaching the Ten Commandments to students, uh, is there anything you'd add to what Matt just said or maybe a different direction that you might help your students understand the law and the gospel and how that all works together?
0: One of the first things I would look to if I were trying to figure out um, how to teach on the Ten Commandments, you know, likely we would break it into maybe 11 lessons where there's an intro lesson and then one lesson per commandment. Um, you know, how do you teach a whole lesson on just a verse that says you shall not steal? Um, That's only a few words. How do you teach a whole lesson on it? Well, um, a lot of um, reformed uh, confessions and catechisms and whatnot have written a lot about um, the commandments. And so I've just found looking at those things to be helpful because Um, it'll say things like hey what's required in the sixth commandment and what's forbidden in the sixth commandment and it gives you a broader view um, of of what all that commandment is addressing it's not just that i shouldn't steal something but there's more going on um too right like for instance it says um the Sixth Commandment requires all lawful endeavors to preserve our own life and the lives of others, um, instead of just thou shalt not kill. Um, and and it's forbidding the taking away of our own life or the life of our neighbors unjustly. Um, you know, there's more than just you shall not kill um, in, in that. So, um Yeah, like I I would start with looking at the catechisms and seeing, hey, how do they broaden what I'm reading here so I can give a a fuller picture of the life God is calling us to instead of just here's one thing you shouldn't do.
2: Thank thank you for pointing that out, because I think as I talked earlier about the different just circles starting in Exodus and then Old Testament, then New Testament, then church history, and then today. Um, one book that we're using as we go through the 10 commandments is written by Kevin de Young called the 10 commandments, uh, what they mean, why they matter and why we should obey them. And a link to that book will be in our show notes. Uh, but he points to the Heidelberg catechism, which I forget, Matt or Linda, do you remember what year the Heidelberg, I don't know, several hundred years ago, I think, um,
0: 1563.
2: We, yeah. So several hundred years oh, ago, really? nice. um,
0: I'm I'm looking at something that says when all of them were written. Why?
3: Well, I, <laughs> I was like, dang, that was awesome.
2: Well, yeah, uh, Linda's got a photographic memory of it, only of the catechisms, right, Linda? I, I I like that. You should claim that. But uh, De Young, in in his uh, one of his opening chapters, he points to the Heidelberg Catechism and defines idolatry. And I just think one thing that does is if we use the catechisms, which we're going to do a future episode on just what catechisms are and how they can be useful, both in uh, youth ministry, but also in training parents to catechize their kids can be useful. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll do a future episode on that. But one thing that Kevin DeYoung does in this book is by pointing to the catechisms, it's adding a circle or a layer that is, again, showing us that, as we've mentioned before, the Ten Commandments are not just something we use today, or they're not just something we see at a courthouse, but these have been used by Christians, not only biblical Christians, but throughout church history, and can just help give us clarity on um, on why we should use the Ten Commandments today. Matt, do you have anything to add about how to use catechisms specifically around the Ten Commandments?
3: Um, no, they're just great resources. Sorry, I wish I could add more.
2: And w- uh, what is your go-to catechism that you use at your church? Do we...
3: Well, yeah, part of our constitutional documents in the PCA is the Westminster Confession of Faith and Catechisms, so that's definitely a go-to. But we also, yeah, we use Heidelberg, and, and we actually, at our church, we use the New City Catechism. Um, that That's really good for younger kids, um, but if you want a really full exposition of the Ten Commandments, use the larger catechism. That's the Westminster Larger Catechism.
2: Yeah, and I would just, you know, a little side note to our listeners. Uh, we have been here in our in our kids' ministry, so elementary school and even younger, have been using the songs that go along with the New City Catechism. And it's just one way, again, I don't want to get ahead. We'll do a whole episode on this in the future. But uh, I know a parent sent a message to our, uh, our uh, children's ministry director saying how awesome it was for her kids to be singing the catechism at home. And we just think about how, Um, If we can teach these truths to our children at a young age, and they're singing them, um, just how that could hopefully stick for a lifetime of knowing God's word. Um, But Linda, thanks for pointing that out, that um, catechisms are one way that we can teach the Ten Commandments to our students. So we're going to take a quick break and then come back and continue thinking a little bit more about how and why uh, we should teach the Ten Commandments to our students here on episode 38 of The Word in Youth Ministry. We'll be right back.
1: Hey there, Youth Culture Matters listeners. We've been told that one of our best-kept secrets here at CPYU is our one-minute daily podcast, Youth Culture Today. Each and every weekday, we release a new episode that's timely, practical, and hope-filled, all for an audience of parents, youth workers, and anyone else who cares about kids. Here's a sample from one of our recent Youth Culture Today episodes. Youth Culture Today with Walt Mueller of the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. One of the beautiful realities of reading God's Word is to see how the Bible speaks to all of life in today's world. Think for a minute about how our world is saturated with hypersexuality and all kinds of sexual temptation. There is so much of this that our culture no longer believes in what the Bible calls sexual immorality. This makes it especially difficult for our kids to navigate the God given gift of their sexuality to God's glory. One passage that's especially helpful to read and discuss with our kids is in genesis 39 where we read about potiphar's wife and how she continually sought to seduce joseph still we read that joseph was faithful and obedient to god as he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her pray with your kids about their sexuality ask the lord to cement their hearts to his filling their hearts with such love for him that they would resist culture's ever-present temptations keeping themselves and their bodies clean and holy for more on youth culture visit us on the web at cpyu.org Youth workers, do your parents a favor and get them to subscribe to Youth Culture Today, wherever they get their podcasts. And we're back on episode 38
2: of The Word in Youth Ministry, thinking about teaching the Ten Commandments to our students. And uh, just building off on the first segment we had right before we took a break, just thinking about the centrality of the Ten Commandments to the world that we live in today, And I would just encourage our listeners, uh, especially if you've never taught the Ten Commandments, it can seem daunting. But you don't have to, um, as Linda said, she'd probably take 11 weeks. I know personally I'm taking 10, just one per commandment. Uh, But you can just try to, you know, bite off a few of them at a time. So if maybe taking 10 or 11 weeks, um, which I think I would generally recommend, but if that seems too daunting to you, uh, don't be afraid to just take two or three at a time. And you can teach them in a large group setting or maybe break up into small group settings. Um, But I do think uh, it is a a section of the Bible that uh, might seem extremely applicable to students, again, as we mentioned before, uh, because it's so popular in our culture. Uh, So as we just continue uh, this uh, episode, Matt, can you just help us think about generally as we think about the law? which obviously includes the Ten Commandments, just how the law can be used in the life of a Christian, and as we think about this podcast specifically for teenagers.
3: Yeah, there there are kind of three categories that would be really helpful as you think about teaching a lesson on this. One category is that there's something really good about the law. Because um, it is written on every human being's heart, and so even having the law or the, even if the law is codified in the civil law that there shouldn't be murder, it actually does something good for us. It restrains our, our the worst aspects of who we are. it restrains sin. and that's good for civil society, that the law restrains our sin. The second thing that the law does, particularly God's law, is it reveals our need for Christ because it reveals that we're sinners. So we recognize that we have all fallen short right of the glory of god we've all broken the law and then the third thing that you can talk about when you're right, when you're talking about the ten commandments is that these are really great guides for christian living um they're kind of the bare minimum guides and we talked about that a little bit already that the gospel ethic always goes further so it's not just you know <laughs> i shouldn't murder anybody well that's a good guide for christian living but it, it goes further i should try to promote life where i can and I shouldn't covet. Okay, well, it goes further. I should actually learn how to share. Um, so, so, But those are the three big categories. It restrains our sin. The law restrains our sin. It reveals our need for Christ. And it's the bare minimum guide for how we should live as befits followers of Christ.
2: And is there one of those, maybe you touched on this slightly, but one of those that if our listeners had to say, this is why you should teach the Ten Commandments, is there one you would pick? Because I would think probably it reveals our need for Christ just for the tie to obviously salvation, but obviously like, yeah. is there one that you, would you agree with that? Or would you just say all three take the package?
3: Yeah, I think the, I think less the first one, cause that's more about a civil, civil authority, but definitely reveals our need for Christ. So I think I, if I was doing it, I would start there. Yeah. So my fallen condition focus, Hey, like, let's just talk about the fact that you all lust yeah. <laughs> and what, and that's, and that should drive you to Christ. But then let's talk about what it looks like to honor somebody versus to dishonor somebody, you know? So as a guy, once you've been saved, what is the Holy spirit leading you to now do instead of what you did before? So I would use the second two uses.
2: Yeah. And for our listeners, just a reminder, like if we can help our students to think about this as a 15 year old or 16 year old or 12 year old, whatever, however old your students are like, this could affect them for another seven or eight decades of their life. To know to have a proper understanding of God's law, this is not a small thing to teach our students. This is super important that we want our students to have a clear understanding about God's word so that they can have a clear understanding of what it means to live as part of God's family if they're believing in Jesus. Uh, So I just want to transition a little bit here. Linda, um, as we wrap up this episode, uh, we talked about catechisms a little bit before the break. And I know you have a a book recommendation that has been helpful for you thinking around this topic and other topics. And I'd love for you to share that with our listeners.
0: Yeah, so there is a large book that has taken a bunch of different confessions and catechisms and organized them topically. So there are, I think, seven of those contained in this book and it will create a column for each one. And then I can just go to the section that teaches me about like the scriptures or teaches me about uh, the names of Christ or teaches me about the first commandment and the second commandment and the third commandment and so on. Um, So it's really helpful if you want to be able to compare what all these different catechisms and um, confessions creeds say about a particular topic. And the title of the book is Reformed Confessions Harmonized. It's edited by Joel Beakey and Sinclair Ferguson. Um, So it's kind of a big workbook thing, um, but really helpful if you don't want to have to go searching all over the place to find, oh, what question does or what chapter does this um, confession or or catechism address this in? How do I find all those things? Does it even address it? It's all there for you by topic. Um, Really helpful for that.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a super helpful resource. Again, I know sometimes we can think about book recommendations, and sometimes we can buy books just to have books, but that's the type of resource we want to have on our shelf um, that can help um, make us more efficient at finding where uh, certain things are, and as uh, Beaky and Ferguson are just helpful in helping us understand uh, the Bible within the Reformed tradition, uh, which can be helpful when teaching the Bible to our students. Uh, So this has been episode 38, teaching the Bible, the 10 commandments for our students. Um, Just a reminder uh, that we don't want to assume that teaching the Bible is easy, right? This is a work that we all are in progress for. Um, We all want to continue to strive to get better at clearly communicating God's word. And we would just um, recommend to our listeners, uh, this is something that um, we want to be right. We want to be right when we teach the Bible. Um, But we are all improving as we go. So we just want to encourage you. And if you've never taught the Ten Commandments, maybe in this next season, it would be something that would fit well in your youth ministry. So this has been Episode 38, and we look forward to talking with you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to The Word in Youth Ministry. To learn more about CPYU and the resources mentioned on today's podcast, visit
1: us online at cpyu.org.